Hey, my friend, welcome to Fine is a Four-Letter Word. My name is Lori Sykes. I'm an entrepreneur, mentor, founder of Zen Rabbit, and your instigator in saying, fuck being fine. This show is for those of you who are done living with the dumpster fire and are ready to find the tools and courage to transform, to step into more success and fulfillment in both your personal and business life. You're in the right place for stories of self-discovery, gratitude, and connection. And to help you strengthen that connection to your own inner guidance, you'll find each episode has an accompanying meditation. Now let's get into it. Today's awesome guest is Sidrula Maruska. She brings such an amazing energy to this conversation and to her life overall. We're talking about questioning the rules of your upbringing and growing into your own person, being intentional with your time, and what happens when you say no to people who just want to be nice to you. Sidrula Maruska is a social justice equity, inclusion, and diversity consultant and coach. She hosts the award-winning podcast, Diversity Dish, and she's a speaker and aspiring author. Her passion is helping business leaders cultivate cultures of equity and inclusion so they can attract the diverse partnerships they desire and mitigate their risk of seeming out of touch. Sidrula is a second-generation Haitian-American, a wife, and a mother who prides herself on having an amazing extended family network and being a citizen of the world born in Queens, New York. Today's episode is sponsored by Zen Rabbit. If you'd like to move away from living in a state of constant anxiousness and instead find peace of mind no matter what's going on around you, get on a complimentary call with me. In less than 30 minutes, you'll get insight on any issue you'd like to bring to the table. And you'll leave the conversation with clarity and renewed energy. Find the booking link in the show notes or text me at 571-317-1463. Hello and welcome to Find is a Four-Letter Word. I am so excited to have Sadie Maruska on my show today. Welcome. Hi, thank you, Lori. It's so nice to be here. Let's jump right in like we always do. We're going to just take, you know, jump right into the cold water. (laughs) What was, what were the values and beliefs that you were raised with as you were growing up that contributed to who you've become? Oh, wow. (laughs) That's a good question. I was raised Christian. I was raised as a Seventh-day Adventist and I think a lot of those values kind of shaped who I am today, but I also think that I have walked away from some of those Mm -hmm. because I've kind of maybe grown out of them. As a Seventh-day Adventist, you know, you don't wear uh, jewelry and I pierced my ears. I wear jewelry. I was very much a good girl, which meant that, you know, you make sure that everybody is okay before you make sure that you're okay. And now I'm kind of working to make sure that I am okay as well as everybody else is mm-hmm. okay and not putting myself last, putting myself in a position where I'm okay because I know that if I'm okay, then I can help other people be okay. Yeah. I think also it was, um, 
very rule centric, very dogmatic, so to speak. And I think I'm a lot more liberal than that mm. now. I think that the, the the ways that my my son speaks about his friends and the different friends that he has was never my reality. And it wasn't until I was older that I realized that some of the kids that I'd gone to school with were LGBTQ, mm-hmm. IA, that were part of the LGBTQ community because um, we never talked about that. You know? Right. That was right. weird or that was strange or, you know. Was that, so, did, did they, were they kind of hiding it or were you just not seeing it? I think it was both. Yeah. I think they were hiding it because I went to, I went to a, a private academy mm-hmm. that was Seventh-day Adventist. Okay. And I think that they didn't feel that they could be who they were mm-hmm. based on what we learned, right? Based on the, the, the values yeah. that, the, the, that the church put on us, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that it took saying, you know what? I need to be who I am, move out of that for them to become, to be fully who they are. Mm -hmm. And for me to also look at them and go, Hey, I, I love you. I still love you. I accept you. I mean, that's who you are. And you, you've always been that person, you know, just not knowing that one part does not make you any different. Right. 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 So, yeah, I think, um, I think there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, rules and a lot of boxing in that I think now I've kind of burst from, and so because I've done that, uh, my kids don't get that box. Mm-hmm. My kids are probably they're they're much freer with you know the way that they speak, the things that they know, and and um, just in relaying who they are than I think I was. Um, yeah, I think then. a lot of a lot of our our kids, I don't have kids myself, but but the kids who are being raised by our generation are yeah. so much more open in their ideas, in the way they speak. I see what my friends are talking to their kids about. And I'm yeah. just so much in awe of how how much more open and more adult conversations they're having with their teenagers, even with their younger kids. Like it's just so much, just more healthy. Yeah. And I think, I think that maybe we're more aware of how, how smart kids really are Mm. and how they pick up on things, even when you don't say anything, Yeah, you know, even when you're trying to hold back there, they sense that, you're holding back something. There's something that's not being said. Um, they, they're, they're so much more intuitive than we are as adults because we, you know, of course we've grown up and we kind of get jaded, but they're just, they're just tuned in. Right. And they're just more, you know, they're more aware of, of what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the whole reason my program is needed is to like help people get back to uh, tapping into their intuition <laughs> Right? Cause we, we get it like taken out of us as, as we grow up in society. It's like, no, don't listen to your intuition. Listen to your, what your, your rational brain is telling you. And that's not, that's not necessarily right. the best way to go. All right. So my next question for you is, <laughs> did, was there something specific that happened that opened your eyes or that caused you to leave 
behind those those views and beliefs? I don't know if it was one specific thing. I can tell you that when I was diagnosed with cancer in 2017, it really gave me pause. Mm-hmm. It really it really made me look at my life, go back and look at, at the whole and s- to see where I might have derailed myself mm-hmm. because I think for a long time I was just going along. I was just doing the default, living in default, just kind of doing the next easy thing. And when I was diagnosed with cancer, a question that I asked myself was, are you leaving the legacy that you want to leave behind? And the answer was no, because I looked and I said, no, I'm not doing anything that I think matters, except for maybe raising my kids. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I'm not doing anything that I think matters. And so I had to really take a look at where did that, where did that change? When, where did that go wrong? And when I did look back, I realized that right around the time that I started seeing someone is where a lot of things changed. I started seeing a married man. At first, I didn't know he was married. He Mm -hmm. lied. And then when I found out, of course, it was late into and it was hard. Yeah. Now the relationship was already established. Yeah. And I remember thinking that that was around the time that I cut off all my hair. That was around the time that I pierced my ears. And subsequently, I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, I was keep going to keep the baby. But at 19 weeks, I went into preterm labor mm. and lay in the hospital for two weeks trying to, uh, what happened, my amniotic sac started to hang because my cervix started to open. And so we were trying to get the amniotic sac to pull back so that the doctor could go in and do a cerclage, which is to sew, put a stitch in to close up the cervix until the baby was viable. Oh, wow. And I lay in the hospital for two weeks and that didn't work out. My water broke and I had, and I lost the baby. Oh, wow. And I think to myself that in that moment, I think so many things so many things played a part. There was there was the guilt, there was the shame, there was a bit of embarrassment and just the determination not to do it wrong again. Mm-hmm. And so at that point I think that's when I began the default march. And when I say that people are like, "Oh, I feel that people might think that I didn't live a full life. I was living a full life. I just was not living it intentionally. I was just going with the next easy thing. Right. What would work? Like so many of us do, everything was fine, right? That's why we have this show. Everything was fine. (laughs) And then you had kind of this wake-up call. (laughs) Actually, you had a couple of wake-up calls. Yeah. And, and then I had, then I got diagnosed and that was my ultimate wake up. That was the one that said, really, you could be, you could, this could have been the it. Mm-hmm. You could have said you have cancer. We did the scans and it's like, oh my gosh, it's everywhere. We can't do anything for you. It could have been that. Yeah. 
And it wasn't that. And so it, at that moment, I said, well, this is my chance to, to change it, not to be fine anymore, but to be intentional mm -hmm. with the things that I do, be intentional with the things that I choose, be intentional with my time, be intentional with the people that I have around me, just being intentional with everything, being intentional with my children, how I interact with them, what I share with them, how I allow them to show up in space in, in this world, and just being very aware of all of those things. And that was that, was that point there mm -hmm. where I chose not to, also not to use the phrase, when people say, how are you? And say, oh, I'm so busy. That is that that was the time that I said, that's not going to happen. Right. Because, because what does that even mean? What is that? <laughs> okay, you're busy. We're all busy. We're busy living. We're all busy. But I think what happens is we busy is a status yeah. word. It's if you're busy, that means you're important. If you're mm -hmm. busy, that means that you're 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 doing you're getting things done. When in all actuality, when we say we're busy, we're just really most of the time just moving our bodies. We're just doing the piddly things. We're doing things that don't actually matter. We're doing things that we're not really intentional about, but we just feel that we need to do them. And so therefore, oh my gosh, now I'm so busy. Yeah. And that's where I really learned to not do that and to really be intentional about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. So there's very little now that I do without intention. Mm -hmm. And and that's not to say that every moment of my life is like mapped out. Of course. Like yeah. this has to be, you know, but, you know, I, I, have a lot more downtime but when I am working I'm very intentional about what goals I'm going for why I'm doing what I'm doing and what it is that I want to do and it's such a it's such an it's such it's more freeing it's a more freeing way to live yeah because you know why you're doing the things you're doing plus you build in time to not do anything if I want to take a nap, I go, well, I want to take a nap. That's what my body is telling me. That's mm -hmm. what I'm feeling. I'm going to take a nap. I'm not feeling as though I can't do that because I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to, I have to. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to. <laughs> and when you are spending time working, you are working. And when you're spending time with your family, you're spending time with your family. When you're spending time with yourself, you're with yourself. We were just having this conversation earlier today. I was in a mm -hmm. breakout session. And we were talking exactly about this, about, you know, people talk about work-life balance and I don't really subscribe to that term of balance. I think it's much more of an integration, especially for entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And somebody was saying that he feels like, he feels like when he's working, he should be with his family and with his family, he should be working. And, and so we were talking exactly about this. Okay. So if you are spending, let's say five hours working, then you put all of your focus into those five hours and walk away and go spend time with your family feeling satisfied that you did what you could and now you can be present over here. So you're present in all of the things. That sounds like you, you've kind of mastered that. Yes. It's very cool. Yes. You're present in all of the things. So when I can't remember the last time that I was 
hanging out with my daughter and I was thinking about work. Mm. It it just not a thing. Yeah. It's it because I'm very clear about the times that I work now, the the the, the boundaries that I have and I don't respond to emails after 5 most of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, some things get through, but most of the time I don't respond because that's a boundary that I want people to to understand and respect. I'm not going to respond to your emails if it's on the weekend. Yeah. I just don't do that because if I'm saying that I want to have this time with my family or to do the things that I need to do, then I have to protect that time. If I'm saying that I want to do that, but then I'm constantly checking my email or my text messages or everything and I'm responding and then I'm going back and then I'm responding, then I'm, I'm not creating the boundaries for myself and therefore no one else is going to create those boundaries for me as long as they can they can reach me that they're going to do that absolutely we teach people how to treat us how and right (laughs) we and we set the boundaries when we set the boundaries we have to respect those boundaries ourselves like ourselves right you can't expect them to respect your boundaries and not email you if Every time they email you, and even if it's after five o'clock, you respond. Now you're teaching them that those boundaries don't mean anything. Yep, exactly. So I, so I don't, so I don't do that. And it works really well because even if I do get an email on the weekend, and even if I do happen to look at it, I don't respond. Mm -hmm. So now people on the other end go, Gosh, whenever I email her on the weekend or in the evening, I don't ever get a response. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just hold off and just email her in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Monday morning or something. And I'll get a response then, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> right, right. She will respond, just yeah. not outside of her boundary That's time. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, so I got to go back and ask this question because it's it's hanging in my head. Yeah, cool. What happened with the guy? <laughs> <laughs> no one's ever asked that question. Um, he, I walked away. After? I walked away. After I lost the baby, I went home. So I was living in Atlanta. I went home, came home to Massachusetts. And still in my mind, I hadn't completely let go. And so I was like, I'm going to go home. I'm going to recover from this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to go back mm-hmm. to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And I never did. Mm. I just, I just, I just, it was done. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't think I've ever said this out loud. I think I've only said it to a few people that I know very closely. But, you know, when I realized the situation that I was in, I was putting it out to the universe. I was praying that something help me get out mm-hmm. of this situation. Mm. And when I got pregnant, I knew that I was going to keep the baby. And um, when I lost the baby, I honestly believe it's because she had done her job. Mm. She had come to save me from the situation. And that was her whole purpose. And yeah. so she was done. How long did it take you to get to that point to see that? Because, I I mean... I saw it right away. You did? Okay. I did. I saw it right away. Yeah. It's it's very strange how 
you know, some things can be so clear to you. When I was diagnosed with cancer, the same day that I was that I was given the diagnosis, I called my sister because I had to go get a blood test done and I was waiting to get the blood test done and I called my sister to tell her what happened. But in that same conversation, I also said to her, I said, you know, it didn't come to kill me. It came to teach me something. Mm. And so I just have to be open to the lesson. And so it's always, you know, when you look at it and you, you, you know in the moment certain things, but you don't really think about them heavily. But then you look back and you go, well, why did I know that? Like, yeah. how did I yeah. know that? How did I realize that that was the thing? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I felt it right away. Do you have a practice like, you know, obviously I'm always talking about meditation, but meditation isn't the only practice that helps you get in touch with your inner truth. What, what did you have a practice or do you have a practice that has helped you get in touch, stay in touch? Like there's a reason that, that, that you got that message. Was it something that you'd been practicing up until then? Or like, how did you, how did you develop that connection? Well, I was, I was always someone who prayed all the time and I never believed that you had to be on your knees or you had to be doing some special movements or anything to pray. I was always praying all the time um, because I always thought that it was just a conversation that I, that I needed to just have a conversation with a higher power. And so I would do that all the time. Um, You know, I grew up in the church praying even though I didn't believe the way that they did it was the way, um, I just did it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you so that still believed in the there higher was power part a conversation. of it. Yeah. Yes. So there was always a conversation. When I was diagnosed with, with cancer, I kind of doubled down and I started meditating and praying. I started just doing that on a regular basis and I have not stopped. Hmm. And, you know, so there have been times where I've fallen off and then other turn, and then I've gotten back into it. And my goal this year is to meditate every day. And so far I'm on track. I was just going to ask, how are you doing <laughs> with that? Okay. Yeah, so far I'm on track. Awesome. Um, yeah. And because it's, because it's intentional, because I, I know and I understand what I understand is the correlation between stress and cancer. Yes. What I understand is the correlation between my mindset and and what happens to my body. And so I spend a lot of time simply allowing myself to not be stressed. And, um, and because of the work that I do, I have to put in extra boundaries for that, right? Because I'm, I'm an equity and inclusion consultant. And so I'm always in the thick of things, Mm -hmm. always thinking about equity. I'm always thinking about the ways that people are not being treated fairly and how can that be better? And um, people are not being listened to. People are not being valued. How can that be better? And so because of that and because that can be a very emotionally taxing thing, I have boundaries. I have extra boundaries, right? There are, I have three days in the week where I do all this outside facing work. I talk, I do podcasts, I do my podcast, I have meetings, I do, I do all the things. Mm -hmm. But then the other two days, the Mondays and the Fridays, 
I don't do outside. I'm inside because then I can say, you know, what do I need today? What do I need to do? Or what do I just need myself today? Because today I can do it. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. And, and so that's, you know, so that's how I, I'm set up right now. That makes sense from a, a, just a, an organizational standpoint as well. Because, and yeah. I do the same Mondays. I do typically do not do any outside calls because I can just stay focused on doing the work when, you know, people yeah. talk about being so distracted and frazzled and unfocused. And it's because yeah. you're jumping from one thing to another, to another, when you block your time and not just your time during the day, but your days that way, you can yeah. be much more productive and intentional, as you say, in what you're yeah. doing. Cause you're not, uh, I'm doing some marketing. Now I'm on a phone call. Now I'm, you know, fixing yeah. something else. I think, I think people don't realize how long it takes you to actually get back to focus yes. when you get unfocused. So if you're working on something and you're focused and then you get the phone call, now you have to refocus to the phone call. When you get back, it takes about, what, what was it, like 20 minutes or so? Is it something? 20? I was going to say 12, but it may be 20. Yeah, yeah it, it's it a significant takes, amount of time. It's a significant amount of time before you can actually get back into the zone or the yeah. focus of what you were doing. So imagine that's happening every half hour. Right. You're getting nothing done. Yeah. You're really getting nothing done, but you're busy. Right, right. You're busy. There you go. I want to go. You're busy. I want to go back to the meditation. Your meditation practice. What? So, two things. One, people ask me all the time, like, well, when's the best time to meditate? And I have a response to that. But I'm curious if you have found a best time. Like, what is your personal? You know, do you do it in the morning before you get into your day? Do you do it in the middle of the day when you need to reset? What do you do? Yeah, for me, I found that right when I wake up in the morning is the best time. Yeah. So right now, uh, what I'm doing, so I use um, Insight Timer. Oh, my favorite. Me Insight too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I recommend it to everybody. Um, <laughs> and so right now, I actually do two guided meditations. I do, well, it's not guided. So the first one is a healing sound. And so I spend nine minutes listening, allowing my body to absorb a healing sound, mm-hmm. right? Because remember, I still am a cancer patient, right? whether I'm in remission or not. And then the second one that I do will be something that's guided. So right now I'm going through meditation where it's, um, it's about mindfulness, right? So I go through the me- meditation for my mindfulness. And then once I do that, I'm good. My next steps is I usually journal Mm -hmm. and then I'll read for half an hour and that's my morning routine. So I wake up, I don't get up and get right into the day. Yeah. So it allows me that, okay, I'm easing myself into the day. But if I feel really anxious about doing something, I will do the meditation and then I'll be okay. And be like, you know what? It's okay. At least um, but it's you do the meditation. It's, yeah. Yes. At, I, I will do the meditation that I will do for sure. Yeah. What What yeah. time do you wake up typically? Between six and seven. Okay. 
right. sometimes five. Okay. <laughs> between five and six, uh, but mostly between six and seven. Okay. All right. Uh, my next question about the meditation is, are you teaching this to your children? I'm trying. Okay. <laughs> I had my son download it to his phone. I said, you need to do this. Try to... He's going to be 16. He's not, he's not really up on it yet. Okay. Um, you know, he was going through some things and I was like, honey, here, do this meditation. Try to do this. Just quiet your mind. Just, you know, he's like, okay, mom. Okay. I think he did it two days and then he didn't do it. So, okay. But he's you know. got an introduction. And my daughter, I haven't done her yet. Yeah. So, you know, they, they know this, this exists. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I'm just curious again, because going back to the first part of our conversation, about how, you know, our generation is teaching the, our kids differently than the way we were taught. Yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. yeah, I was just curious about that. When we <laughs> talked before, um, before the show, we had a conversation, I just want to touch on this, about allowing people to help you. And yeah. Yeah. Where, and, and your journey on allowing yourself to be taken care of. Yeah, again, right? You get cancer and now all of a sudden you've got all these things that you've got to do and you've got, and you really have to take that downtime, but you still have a family. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I did intentionally while I was um, going through chemo was that every time I went for a chemo treatment, I had someone different take me. I could drive myself. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I could drive myself to go and to come back. But I had someone take me so that I could, so that they could help me and they could allow me and I would take the time on the way home to sleep if I needed to mm. and to just take care of me. And that was their way of being able to take care of me. Also, when I was going through the treatments d during the treatment, you know, my treatments lasted for, for hours, <laughs> you know, three, four hours sometimes to, yeah. And so having that time with that person was also really important. Yeah. A gift for Because both then you get a you. chance to just talk. Yeah. Yeah. You get a chance to just talk. It's, it's good for your psyche. It's good for your, you know, you feel like you're supported. It's really good for your emotional well-being, mm -hmm. which is really important through the, the, um, the healing process for sure. Um, so I was very intentional about that. And then when, you know, the community friends in the community said, Hey, we would like to do a meal train. I was like, yes. And thank you. <laughs> you know, I think one of the things that we do, and I've spoken about this before is we're, we're so used to being a nice society and I don't, and I don't really like the word nice. I really prefer people to be kind. Mm -hmm. But niceness, what niceness causes us to do is when someone tries to be kind to us, when someone is offering something in kindness, niceness says, oh, no, 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 thank you very much, but no. And my thing is, no, in order for this to perpetuate itself, there has to be a give and take, right? Yeah. So there has to be when someone is offering, I can say, yes, thank you. So that when I'm offering to someone else, they in turn can say yes and thank you. And it kind of perpetuates in that way but when we're trying to be nice and we're trying to put on this false sense of i don't really need it um we block we yeah. block that flow 
Okay. We're, we're saying, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. Well, and it's probably not true. Right. <laughs> um, right. We're blocking the flow because the flow needs a give and take. Yes. Right? There's no, there's no such thing as giving, 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 and then never taking from anyone that, that is, um, that's unfair and it doesn't allow for, it doesn't allow for the flow that needs to happen yeah. because um, you make people feel bad. Right. I like that you said it's unfair. It's also unnatural because when you think yeah. about in nature, right, when we breathe, we breathe in and out. When there are waves coming in at the beach, they're coming in and going out. It's This is the flow of nature and allowing yeah. people to help you so that you can also they will and also accepting except it goes both ways like you just said yes oh my gosh yes beautiful i have <laughs> so enjoyed this conversation I'm, I'm so happy you came on to the show Sadie. thank you before we I go the last question is so when you you talked about listening to this healing frequency music but when you need an extra boost of energy and you want to get hyped up build your enthusiasm. What's the song that you listen to? Oh gosh, I have a few songs. One of the first one that comes to mind is uh, Waka Waka by Shakira. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good one. You cannot sit still to that. Yeah. Um, I love that one. Um, there's, um, I feel better when I'm dancing by, um, Megan Trainer. Uh, I love, uh, uh, oh gosh. There are just so many. All right. We'll um, go with those two. We'll go with those yeah. two. All right. I'm going to put a link to those in the show notes. And also awesome. in the show notes, I want to put a link to how people can get in touch with you if they want to continue this conversation. So where should we direct them? Absolutely. Um, the easiest way, because it's easy to remember, is Diversity Dish, which is the name of my podcast, which is diversitydish.com, the name of my website. And there are all the links for um, for connecting with me on Instagram. I'm Cedrola on Instagram, Cedrola Maruska on LinkedIn, Cedrola Maruska on uh, Facebook. So um, I tell people all the time, if you just put Cedrola into your uh, your search engine, it's me. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> That's else. That's the beauty it's of me. having an unusual name is that yes. you get to claim it and it just come up everywhere. Yeah, it's great Everywhere. Great for search engine optimization. Yes. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for joining me today on Fine is a Four-Letter Word. Thank you for having me. It's been fun. Once again, I am so grateful for how open and vulnerable my guests are when they're sharing their stories. Cedrula is clearly an incredible force in the world. Here are the key takeaways from this one. Number one. Raised as a Seventh-day Adventist, Cedrula grew up following some conventions and restrictions that she later realized didn't make sense to her as an adult. The lesson here is that it's okay to question the rules of your upbringing and grow into your own person. You have the power to walk away from values that aren't compatible with you or the life you've chosen for yourself. Number two, Embrace and make the most out of the life you have today. Don't settle with being fine or living a life in autopilot. This means being intentional with your time. 
the things you choose to do, and the people you surround yourself with. In 2017, Cedrula was diagnosed with cancer. This was her wake-up call, and that's the message she wanted to share with us today. Are you doing anything that you think and feel matters? Number three, be just as present during downtime as you are during work. When you're busy and unfocused simultaneously, you're gaining much less out of that time than you could. Purposefully immerse yourself in every activity so you can really make the most out of what you choose to do in that given moment. Number four, boundaries are healthy and necessary. And I'd encourage you to set and honor your limits. Respecting your own limits not only protects your time, but it also teaches others how to respect your time. Number five, denying others help in the name of being nice, especially when you really need it, is beneficial to no one. Just as the waves in the sea come in and go out, there has to be that give and take in life so that when someone is offering, you can say yes and vice versa. When we block that give-take flow, even if we think we're being polite, it actually isn't fair to anyone. She didn't mention it in our conversation, but Sidrula has made her Personal Development 101 program available to my listeners. You can find a link to the PDF and audios in the show notes. Thanks for being here and subscribing to Find is a Four-Letter Word. Please share this show with a friend or a colleague. If you're feeling especially generous, leave a review so other people like you can discover the show too. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and all the major podcast directories. You can join me on social too. On Instagram, it's zen underscore rabbit. You can find links to the other platforms at zenrabbit.com. Before you go, remember to take a moment to think about what you're grateful for today. Lastly, you can find this week's meditation queued up right after this episode. And if no one's told you this week, I'm proud of you. Take good care.